you're listening to the Rosenfeld Review, where we're just a bunch of blind men trying to figure out that elephant. I'm your lead blind man, Lou Rosenfeld, and I want to welcome Marika McCloskey to the podcast today. Hi, Marika. How are you? Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing well. It's great to have you. Um, uh, Marika is a UX research lead at, uh, the UX research lead, sorry about that, at, at Humu, an HR tech startup. Um, really interesting story. Marika, in terms of your career, because how many people from the Netherlands end up working for the NFL as an information architect? I love that you started with that one. The interview process was uh, very amusing um, because I knew nothing about American football, but my um, direct manager was from South Africa and his boss from Ireland. Um, And so we talked about soccer, my whole interview, and they were like, yeah, that's good. That's fine. Come join us. Maybe they were also sort of in the wrong place. Did uh, it was great. You know, it was so helpful. Actually, I was able to like uh, distance myself from the teams and from what was going on, um, especially because each of the 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 project I worked on was getting all the different team sites onto one platform. Um, and so each team has their own, obviously, like personality, culture, everything, and sort of like hang up with different parts of the organization. Um, and I could play a very impartial role, which was really, really helpful. That's really smart. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that outside role or where, you know, I mean, I don't know what you knew about football going in. I'm a, I've, I grew up in this country and I still really can't explain it yeah. to anybody. Uh, and then you worked at uh, Nielsen Norman Group. I know a lot of uh, our listeners are, are well familiar with uh Jacob and Don, and uh, uh, and you are now at Humu, and uh, am I, is it Humu or Humu? Humu. Humu, okay. And uh, you're also speaking at Advancing Research. Uh, it's a Rosenfeld Media Conference taking place March 10th through 12th virtually. So that's my plug, folks. And uh, really the bigger plug is, is hearing from folks like Marika. Um, Marika's giving a talk on a topic that I really really love and it's just sort of been my passion for the last dozen or so years is the well her talk is called user science product analytics and user research Uh, i love this marriage it's still kind of a shotgun marriage to some degree of analytics and and the qualitative uh research that many of us do and how how did you end up uh, I don't know if you're holding the shotgun or you're standing with a lo- looking lovingly or fearfully at a a, a, a groom or, or or what. How, tell us how you got there. Uh, yeah, uh, I have to think about where I am now in that analogy. Uh, uh, it's all actually been uh, wonderful partnerships. Um, and in some ways, uh, I got really lucky. So before Humu, I worked at user testing, um, which was a wonderfully meta mm-hmm. job. Um, to do research uh, at a research company. Um, but I had actually started there on the professional services team. Um, and one of the best kept user testing secrets is that we didn't have an internal research team. We were using our like consultants that worked with the customers also for our product until Chris Abad joined as the head of product and design. Um, and actually when he joined, I was on maternity leave. And so I didn't meet him until he'd sort of like, he joined, he kind of like set up for a while and he was like, we need a research team. Like, what are we doing here? We need our own internal people who can work, who can kind of think ahead. Um, and so, and he was like, I want you to join that research team. Um, and I had uh, the the one and only data scientist at user testing at the time uh, was my friend, Doug. Um, and so Chris had this vision. Um, I think one of, I know one of the articles he had read was uh, Spotify did this. They joined 
user research and data science. And I know that was one of the inspirations. And I, I want to say it was Airbnb as well that had already tried this at the time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, since I was new joining our product team from professional services, and since my friend Doug uh, already worked on the product side, but as the one data scientist, Chris was like, why don't the two of you figure this out? Like try, these other companies are doing it too. Um, and it was just a really natural collaboration because I knew Doug outside of work. Um, and it was really, really fun to try to figure out how we do this together but also for me just like mind-blowing i was like this is i've been waiting for this as a researcher to like have access to it was not only the access to the data i think it was what doug could see in our like usage data but then also in patterns in our customers that i was like this is really incredible and ever since then i've been shouting from the rooftops to anyone that would listen so did did you like going into this then, did you already have a sense that this would be good uh, or uh, like, you know, like, did you already, you know, like, was it at, was it at this sort of intuitive level or were you already like looking for data and trying to fit it together with the evidence that you were, you were assembling? Um, uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I really need, I need more of the quantitative side or we need, it was like, um, I think we'd all kind of been trying different things on our own. Um, and uh, and it was actually really more just like a let's try and see what we can get out of this, which was kind of fun. It was a like, what what do you find and explore? And I think this was what Chris was seeing and when he joined was like, there's no one. It was really that like thinking ahead and where are our gaps and what are we not seeing that he also left us that freedom to just go explore. Mm -hmm. That was really, really fun. Wow. So uh, so then you start working together. <laughs> and maybe uh, you're also going to get into this from your experience at Humu, but um, you start seeing this different type of evidence, or maybe it's not even really evidence yet. It's on its way to becoming evidence. I don't know. Mm -hmm. How did you, you know, you, you had Doug as your, your data scientist partner and his perspective on data. Um, did you adopt his perspective or did you as someone who's more from the qualitative side kind of create a very different view on data different from Doug's let's say yeah I um I want to say what we did together really well but I feel like we're really good at as qualitative researchers is telling the story of what's going on with the people behind the data mm -hmm. and that just like natural like I want to tell a story, whether or not that's like over lots and lots of users, but I want to be able to describe who these people are and what's happening. And I think that one of the one of the situations, and I keep finding myself in this in like any project really, and especially any new job, it's just like there's so much to the experience and so many different types of users and who matters. And so what Doug was able to like really what I felt like really helped in this partnership is that he was able to show like what matters <laughs> and what are the patterns that you don't see. And then I could help bring that to life. Um, but I think the thing that I also am going to talk about in my session a lot is that it wasn't and isn't today. I work really closely with our data science team at Humu. It's not a handing off. It's not you go do this part. I'll go do this part. We'll come back maybe or just like let's make sure that we both have something to say to the product manager really the thing that changed like how we work. And when we built our team and we hired more researchers and data scientists was the back and forth, even on the research questions was the like, is this what we should be asking? Let's go explore a little bit. Let's tweak what, where we're headed and the like collaboration throughout the process. Sometimes, uh, and I'm guilty of this for sure. We over oversimplify the 
those two perspectives as the, the data scientist being really good at uh, figuring out what is going on and the, the qualitative researchers understanding why it's going on. Is that um, really oversimplified? Is there a monopoly on what by one group and on why by the other? No, I don't think so. And, and this is where um, I've probably been really lucky with the data scientists that I have met and gone to work with. Um, but they're very like people focused, um, uh, either with psychology degrees or sociology degrees, or um, really interested in the people behind it. And uh, Doug's the one who taught me about a term called decision science, mm -hmm. which I think came out of LinkedIn. Um, but it's data scientists who are thinking about like the behavior of the people, not just like here's a a time point or a pattern that we see, but it's like, what is the actual human behavior that's causing them or leading them to do that? And so they're also really good at like, at, at least hypothesizing what it could be. And that's really helpful. It's like, I want the data scientist perspective on like, could it be this, could it be this other thing? And then maybe my skills are good at finding out which one it is. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually really, I need, I need their hypotheses. And similarly, um, like I have ideas on what, like what we should be looking at and what, like what data is interesting or what metrics might matter. Um, and so I think even those hunches, it's sort of like a hunch that you have that then the other person is maybe the right, the right one to go do the analysis and figure out the answer. Um, yeah. Is, um, do you find that you ever feel any sort of asymmetry or imbalance in, in the sense of the volume and the nature really of, of your, your, the type of data you're both working with. Are you, uh, you know, you, you have messier uh, and maybe less evidence to work with than someone who, you know, I, I imagine any data scientist today is, is way more data to work with than they could ever even get to in, uh, in, in many decades of, of effort. Uh, I totally feel this way. I'm constantly feeling like, my work takes longer, it's messier, I can't give the same kinds of presentations, I can't have the same impact. But then when I talk to data scientists, like every time it's like a reminder that like their work takes a long time too. They have more than they could possibly look at. Um, and so also don't know where to start or what would be the right thing to do. Um, and that, um, especially now at Humu, cause it's a startup user testing, I think, I mean, was at the time also still startup is really still also a startup, but they've mm -hmm. been around for much longer, much more data to work with. Um, Humu is about three years in three and a half years. And so we, um, we have users and we have some data. We don't have a whole lot of the, like what behavior in the product matters to the business outcomes because we're still trying to figure that out like what mm -hmm. what is it like what are we doing and so um uh, stephanie is the data scientist i work with most closely uh now at humu and she reminded me that she actually feels like i hold more like i have more information to bring to the table now because she realizes where we're missing a lot of data and so it's just a really good reminder that like no everyone kind of feels both lost and like they don't have everything as part of the story, which is why I think we should all work together more. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, you, you've worked with these great and, and personable data scientists. <laughs> and uh, um, I'm assuming, you know, as great as they were as people, they somehow managed to also know how to, how to program in Python. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. And uh, um, which makes me then wonder, what's the Python for you? Is there some, you know, like that, it's interesting that programming language is like this, this thing that, 
you know, the, the stereotypical, you know, strong data scientists should have command of. And it, it, it's what kind of helps make the priesthood of that practice, right? Uh, do you ever feel on your side that you have some sort of special power that uh, not everyone knows about that has a bit of mystique to it? Uh, mm. I don't know if it's, maybe it's the, the, the power of telling a story. Maybe it's um, the power of the, you know, analyzing for semantic value in your, your evidence. What, I don't want to take steal your thunder. Why don't I let you answer the question? Uh, it's such a great question. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is that I really love talking about why our product matters and like why it matters to our users and what the benefit is to them. Um, and I, uh, at user testing that came somewhat naturally because I was sort of like, the, it was, I was so passionate. Like I had been a customer before. I was so excited to join. I felt like we were like bringing the thing that I cared about so much to everyone. Um, and so it was like, like came really naturally to be like, this is why this matters. And this is what it like lets people do. But I did a lot of that, like leveraging the research, but also just like generally super passionate about making sure that internally at a company, we speak confidently about the product. Um, and when I joined Humu, I uh, pretty quickly got into that pattern of just helping with this, where I noticed that, and this happens so much at a, like any company, right? Where you're like, we know what else we want to do to the product. And we know all the flaws and we know the feedback that's coming in and we know all the things on the roadmap, but it's really demoralizing to talk about the product in a way that it's like deficient and not good enough. And like, ah, if only, or just wait a month and then we'll have this other thing. So how do we talk about the product in terms of all the amazing thing that's, that it allows our customers to do? Um, and so I, I don't know, I, that's definitely my like um, secret power, uh, but I don't know if that's because I'm a UX researcher. Um, we're gonna dig a little bit more into that. And I, I wanna talk a little bit more with you about some of those experiences, both at user testing and at Humu. But we're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to the Rosenfeld Review. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want more, not only do we have a whole bunch of podcasts in our archive, we have something that's very current, very alive, and very engaging for groups, and that is our communities. Rosenfeld Media runs a variety of communities that meet on a monthly basis for video conferences on a variety of topics near and dear to UX people, ranging from enterprise experience to advancing research to design and research operations. I want to encourage you to join one of our communities. Again, it is free by going to rosenfeldmedia.com slash communities. Not only will you get a monthly video conference that you can listen in on and participate in, ask questions and so forth, we'll give you access to the recordings. And uh, for some of those communities, we're talking about dozens of recordings with really interesting presenters and facilitators. You'll also get a newsletter. You'll get access to an advice columnist. Yes, we actually are providing advice columnists for each community. And finally, if you're interested in our conferences, our communities correspond to our conferences. So you will be the first to know when programs, uh, when programs go live, uh, when tickets go on sale, and by the way, most of our conferences sell out, and other good things about our conferences, such as uh, when the scholarship applications open up. So go to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. You're gonna find something that's free, something that's interesting, and it's a great opportunity to find your tribe as well. We'll see you there.
Welcome back. Um, Lou Rosenfeld talking with uh, Marika McCloskey uh, about her work uh, at the intersection of data science and qualitative user research. Um, we were just talking a little bit about that work at user testing and uh, an interesting place to be because user testing is sort of at the forefront of democratization of research. And now when you take these, these two threads of trying to pull together the data science folks and the, the qualitative researchers and then sprinkle in democratization where you have people who are mm, just dangerous enough, I know enough to be dangerous uh, when they are wielding tools like this, uh, what happened or what's happened? Yeah, we did a little bit. I mean, this came up both internally at user testing because we wanted to sort of, if we're going to have a team like this, how do we then bring the insights to light? And then our customers are dealing with the same, our customers were dealing with the same situation. I think one of the things that uh, surprised me the most, but is such another, it's like such a, a, a good reason to also work together is that this is also happening in the data world. The idea of data literacy, also like access to data and information and that there's actually a really uh, worthwhile collaboration on how to bring all those insights to the company um, to help people know it's not just like, oh, that information and that answer is there or that information is there. It's like, how do you actually teach the process of sort of going back and forth? Like, when do you need to look at what we know about our customers already and how they use the product? When is it helpful to talk to people? And if you're gonna go talk to customers, like this is a huge one for me, if you are a PM and you want to talk to customers, like who should you be talking to? Mm -hmm. Like anyone, is there like a type of user? Like could the data science team help identify like a, a metric of a type of, of the different types of users? And you can then filter the list of customers by like, this is a power user, or this is this kind of user and then help. It's like help people uh, know who to talk to. And that only works if these teams are talking together because the UX research team is probably enabling everyone at the company to talk to customers. The data science team is like, sure, we have all this data on customers, like we'll teach you SQL and you can get in. <laughs> um, but if you actually work together to try to figure out like, oh, how do we like bring this in the right way? You can actually help people do better research on both sides. Um, are, are, were, were the customers receptive to, um, I mean, did they bring their own biases about one flavor of research or another somehow, even though they really weren't professionals? Yeah, I think the uh, I didn't, and I'm hope I'm hopeful now. It's been two years since I've left user testing that some of the customers have more um, either centralized research teams or at least a centralized like working group where it's like we can bring this together and like, hey, we have user testing, you have this other function. Um, I didn't at my time there work with any customers who had like figured that out and sort of come to user testing to say we want to enable people to do this research and they're gonna like also use these data signals at the same time. Um, internally, we were able to, to do both to say, this is what we know, like this is how you sort of learn about the behavior today and using some of these like uh, new metrics that our data science team had developed in order to identify patterns or look at stuff, um, but still a ton of work to do. It's like an area that I'm still like really curious about and who moves so small that I've like everyone's like everyone's enabled and empowered to do everything. Um, and so it's still a passion, but I'm, uh, I'm curious what other companies are actually doing, like larger companies. Well, I'm really curious about what you're doing at Humu. And, and that's what yeah. you're going to be talking about at Advancing Research. It, it's an interesting setting, I'm sure, to be look. I mean, like there's, there's no 
business challenge that can't benefit from some combination of, of qualitative research and data science. But I, I got to think your area of HR is a special case in a sense. And I wonder, um, you know, now, and you're in, a, you're in this small setting. So tell us a little bit about what you're learning. Yeah, so I had heard about Humu because it was founded by the former CHRO from Google. Laszlo CHRO Bach. is Chief HR Officer? Yes. All correct. right, got it. Yeah, so he was leading HR at Google, did a lot to sort of like make Google the way it is, the Googliness of it. Um, I also happened to live in Mountain View inside the Google world. And so I was intrigued by him leaving and starting a company. Um, and the mission is to make work better. I'm like, that sounds Wonderful. Um, and so it'd been kind of on my radar. And then in early 2019, they actually decided they needed a UX researcher, which like no startup decides that. And so I was totally intrigued because um, there were only 30 employees at the time. Um, and one of the things that actually drew me to what Humu was doing is that um, they're marrying behavioral science mm -hmm. um, uh, with like the analytics space in HR and sort of how do you not only measure what's happening with employees, but how do we then actually change behavior um, to make people happier at work, more satisfied at work, more engaged. Um, and so I had, it's a lot of stuff that I remember learning in school in psychology classes. I didn't become a behavioral scientist, um, but there's this uh, uh, whole field of people scientists and they're the like data scientists on employee data. Um, and a lot of the ones I get to work with at Humu have friends from grad school who became UX researchers. And so there's this also really fun overlap there um, and a really unique type of data scientist. Um, some are data scientists, some are more the behavioral scientists. Um, uh, and so I wanted to join and kind of figure out, like learn more about that space and learn more about how they work and how we can actually change behavior. Um, and then uh, I realized that I had spent almost my whole career researching people at work. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like so passionate about how people work at work. Um, uh, and so it was a really great, uh, great fit and great company to join. So can you give us a taste of uh, what you'll be covering at Advancing Research? Yeah, um, I actually have examples to share from both my time at user testing and at Humu. Um, one of the things uh, that I am going to talk about where I partnered uh, fairly recently actually, because um, we hired more data scientists and so more, more time for them to also work with me on research projects. Um, I've been trying to figure out how to find our most engaged users. Um, and so we actually nudge, we're HR software, so we sell into HR, but we're for every employee, mm -hmm. for leaders, managers, employees on the ground. And I was having a really hard time figuring out like who our engaged users were. Um, I had some signals that I could pull myself in SQL they weren't great. I wasn't getting, I would like keep thinking I would find someone. I was like, oh, they must be really engaged because look at all the stuff they're doing in our product. And then I would talk to them and they'd be like, ah, nah, yeah, sort of. Um, the thing that did work was uh, reaching back out to people who'd ran into support with like, a, oh my gosh, I love this. Like the last nudge really helped me have this conversation with my manager. Thank you so much. Like uh, we have people write in saying they've gotten promoted because of the nudges that we send them. So I knew we have like, we have people who like, this is really clicking for and working for, um, but I couldn't, I couldn't myself find them. Like I was stuck. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, I worked with one of our data scientists, Mark, to um, figure out what the signals, like what should we put in an algorithm? Like what are the things that we think matter and show that people are engaged? Um, and he came up with an activity score. Um, and it's been amazing because now instead of talking to 200,000 
people and trying to figure out who to talk to. Um, I can even more fine tune the sort of like, I can pick the people of the like highest uh, range of that activity mm -hmm. score and talk to them. And that's actually the project I'm working on now. I'm hoping by the time of the conference, I can share some of my takeaways, but I'm like knee deep in this research and it's been um, just so powerful. I love that. I mean, just, you know, it's at such a fundamental level. Who do you talk with? Who do you talk with? That's a pretty important thing when you're, when you're doing any kind of research and, and it sounds like just this perfect, perfect marriage of uh, the skills of a data scientist and the skills of a, a, a UX researcher. Um, I'm going to put in a plug, speaking of which, um, I, I'm a grouchy guy um, because I, I've been wanting to get those kinds of people together for a long time. And I've tried a few things that have failed and I'm probably going to fail again, but I've actually set up a Google group that's starting to meet with uh, uh, some in-person, well, Zoom meetings, synchronous meetings, uh, of data scientists and uh, qualitative researchers who like want to understand each other and work together and, and see what we have in common and, and, and so forth. And um, we even did a little research together. And uh, we're, like I said, we're going to start meeting. I see where it's going to go. Uh, if anyone listening is uh, one of those folks who is, you know, data curious or, or qual curious, <laughs> whatever you might be, just pop me an email, uh, Lou at rosenfeldmedia.com and let me know that you're interested and I'll, I'll add you to the list and we'll see where it goes. So Marika, um, before we wrap up, I always like to ask uh, if there's a little uh, gift for our listeners, uh, something that uh, deserves attention, book, a person, uh, got anything for us? I do. Um, we at Humu obviously care a lot about work um, and uh, what makes people thrive at work. I am super lucky to get to work with Liz Fosling, and she wrote a book called No Hard Feelings. Um, and uh, it's a wonderful like exploration of emotions that show up at work, but also just this call to embrace these emotions and to show up at work with a little bit more empathy, a little bit more understanding, which especially now we could all use. Um, I highly recommend the book, but I also think everyone should follow um, at Liz and Molly, um, her and her uh, co-author. Um, co and they just send out really great cartoons to capture moments that are just really, really hard. And it's this like, it's okay for work to be hard and let's get through it together. Um, and I think that's just a, a wonderful reminder. No hard feelings, adding it to the reading list. Thank you for that. Thanks for joining us today. Marika McCloskey, the UX uh, research lead at Humu, uh, doing some interesting work in, uh, in HR technology and uh, formerly of uh, Nielsen Norman and user testing and the NFL. Uh, also speaking at Advancing Research, uh, her talk, User Science, Product Analytics, and User Research. Uh, I can't wait for it. I just love this stuff. So I'm um, looking forward to it. No pressure, Marika. No pressure at all. And uh, we'll, we'll see you March. It's uh, March 10th through 12th, virtual conference. I hope you'll join us as well, you listening. And uh, thanks again, Marika. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you tell a friend to have a listen and check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at rosenfeldreview.com.